Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello, Tom Knight and Charles Firth here with another afternoon edition of The Chaser Report. And Charles, today we're, we're kind of breaking news, aren't we? Yes, Jo Dyer has uh, declared that she's running as an independent in uh, the seat of Boothby in South Australia. Jo is, of course, uh, the person who successfully sued Christian Porter during all of his uh, legal trials earlier this year. She was a close friend of Kate, the alleged victim of Christian Porter, way back in the day and a former university debater and part of all that scene. And in more recent times, she's been the director of Adelaide Writers Week and put on some very lovely festivals in Adelaide too. So very big person in the... South Australian arts scene. That's right. And probably most importantly, oh, of course. she's an occasional contributor to The Shot. Yes, our sister opinion website at theshot.net.au. So plenty of things to ask Joe about, Charles, as she prepares to enter the world of politics, I guess, now that Christian Porter leaves, Joe Dyer enters. That's right. Uh, this is going to be a very hard-hitting interview. We're going to really grill her and just, it will be like, you know, Fran Kelly. Mm. Um, now, Fran Kelly's leaving the stage too, Charles, so I think yeah. you're, you're ready uh, to I step up. I am the new Fran Kelly. Patricia Carvelis is the new Fran Kelly, but you can be the new Patricia Carvelis. Oh, no, that's Andy Park. You can be the new Andy Park. Yeah, okay. I feel like I'm sort of being punted down a bit. No, I think, I should, I think I'm the new Laurie Oaks. Yeah, Charles, you can be the new Laurie Oaks. That's all right. Okay. Yeah. Can we just get on with the interview? Joe Dyer joins us in just a sec. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Chaser Report. Less news, less often. We have with us now Joe Dyer, director of the Adelaide Writers Festival, who's just announced that she is running as the community independent candidate for the seat of Boothby in the federal election. Hello, Joe, and are you feeling okay? Hi. Yes, I am. Probably thinking I'm a little bit mad, really, to be undertaking this madcap adventure. But um, yes. so far, so good. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> well, I know that, that's what many people have asked, um, and I ask that, that of myself at sort of four a.m. Um, oh, look, you know, they're just such a pack of bastards in mm. Canberra, really. Um, that I figured. Now is the time, you know. The stakes are high. Let's get in there. But, Let's um, but have you, some fun, throw some bombs. Do you think you can actually win? Like are you running to win or are you running just to make them lose? Well, look, I think under normal circumstances you'd have to say that an independent running in a marginal seat in South Australia, uh, it is a tall mountain to climb, <laughs> um, yeah. to say the very least. And also, but, but lots of wankers have done it before, like Nick Xenophon. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, this is the thing. And yeah. what I do think which is interesting about this particular moment in time is that people are really sick of mm. the government. You know, they're really appalled by the level of leadership that's being shown. And there is a bit of a movement happening. You know, there's um, across the country there are people sort of saying, look, it doesn't actually have to be this way. You may be trying to persuade us that there's only a choice between the two major parties, but actually there is a greater array of individuals and ideas on offer um, and we could 
do something differently. It's curious that a lot of the people who've put up their hands to run as community independents, they've been picked by their communities through a process that's tended to result in female candidates. I can't imagine why that would be, Joe, with this government. Well, I think there's a whole range of factors there. Some of it is absolutely that, um, you know, women do tend to engage more with their community and women are really fucking pissed off, you know, so that it's unsurprising to me that within what formerly would have been the broad church of the Liberal Party, um, the a whole swathe of women who are feeling excluded from that, who are not feeling that they can engage, the habits that die hard in the Liberal Party of bullying strong independent women. Um, we've seen what happened to Julia Banks recently. You know, I just think that women who normally may have sought a political career uh, if they wanted a political career at all, mm. would have done it within the Labor Party, uh, with the Liberal Party, are now staying outside of the Liberal Party. But also, um, there's just a, a huge number of people who are thinking the major parties themselves aren't going to fix this problem. Mm. Um, so they, it's not so much that they're disillusioned by the Liberal Party um, specifically, it's that they don't think that the duopoly that we have on our government um, is going to actually be able to solve the problems that we're confronting. Actually, one of the interesting things I found out a couple of weeks ago uh, is I was talking to this pollster who said that 25 to 45-year-old women have completely abandoned Morrison. Like They just don't like him anymore. They don't even necessarily know why. I mean, I, I, I've got a few ideas. But yeah, well, it's, just, it's kind of like to know to look at the man is to dislike him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But there's there's something about him that that they they have just abandoned him. But interestingly, yeah. they haven't then turned around and gone, oh well, Anthony Albanese, he's our saviour. They're just they're just sitting there, not quite knowing which way to jump or what to do. So is that? Like, do you have access to that sort of polling? Is that, is that sort of part of the thinking or is it more just sort of a general? We will be doing some of our own polling and, mm. and there's actually quite a good amount of data, which was more around specific issues, but some of those issues were about women's issues, um, mm. about um, the Australia Institute did some on uh, National Integrity Commission at Boothby featured in. Um, the Grattan Institute have just done some on Job Seeker. Um, and how that's, you know, in desperate need to be raised. So, look, it doesn't surprise me that women um, have turned off Morrison for all mm. sorts of reasons. Um, I mean, you know, Annika Smithhurst's um, biography of him is quite interesting. I mean, basically a lot of his senior colleagues just say he doesn't like working with women. He's kind of an old-fashioned misogynist. Um, he just doesn't feel comfortable around uh, But But, Joe, he's got... He's got- a wife and two daughters. He's got daughters, <laughs> so he, he must but love. Them. He likes to keep yeah. safely at home. <laughs> he 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 lets off the vibe, and like just this is my own personally, honestly held opinion. I just think he has the vibe of someone who punches walls when he gets frustrated. <laughs> yeah, that there's yeah there's boiling anger sort of yeah, in the ocean depths of um, his psyche. Yeah, look, I mean, and you know, quite apart from that, but haven't they outlawed? Like in the last sitting of parliament, they passed a whole lot of laws to sort of defund your sort of groups of people, haven't they? Like well, it's not so much, yeah, they've, what they've done is they've passed legislation so that any not-for-profits who may include advocacy as part of their remit, once they hit a certain turnover, they have to um, register as third-party campaigning entities. Mm. And this is like a whole range of 
charities, this is a whole range of environmental organisations who are not engaged in electoral politics, they're engaged in advocacy for their stakeholders or for the vulnerable or for the environment. Mm. And yet now, yes, the government, with the support of the Labor Party, I have to say, has redefined any single issue advocacy with homelessness, you know, women's safety Mm. as electoral politics and they have to register (laughs) so you know the hypocrisy of this government um, Mm. on really all of these issues is just kind of incredible that they're turning around and saying that organizations like climate 200 which you know is really upfront about what its agenda is and is declaring everyone who donates to it is some kind of nefarious Mm. um, democracy killing organization lurking in the shadows in the corner Um, while meanwhile it was John Howard who increased the campaign contributions um, that you had to declare from one thousand to ten thousand dollars, and now it's fourteen thousand nine hundred, I believe. And they resolutely yeah. refused to amend this at all. But also, but Joe, I've got a, I've got a loophole for you. Oh, just great. get all your donations through Blind Trust. You can't. Well, exactly. Don't have to declare yeah. anything. You can just take millions. And then it's all fine. Or I could just set up an organisation like the old Cormac Foundation or the Millennium Mm. Foundation or any of those sorts of things where just like all of big business tip all of their money Mm. um, and then that gets handed over to the the Liberal Party, you know, completely anonymously as far as the general public. Wait a minute. Didn't you win like $550,000 from Christian Porter? Do you get get that money? Um, Yeah, that's all mine. I'm going to spend it all in Boothby. I I wish. I'm very pleased that I'm able able to hand that directly over to my lawyers who work so hard for me. Oh, no. Improving the bottom line of Mark lawyers who deserve every cent rather than, alas, being able to be used here in Boothby. Well, we had Michael Bradley on the podcast a few days ago. Oh yes, and he of said, Mark Lawyers, yeah, of Mark Lawyers. Like of he Mark was Lawyers. your he was your lawyer, wasn't he? He was, he the, was indeed my yeah. lawyer. Yes, yeah. And he said you're an idiot for running. Yeah, well, I think he's right. Is that um, defamation? I mean, Hang on. I mean, you wouldn't contest yeah. anything Michael Bradley says, surely. But, um, <laughs> look, I think I am an idiot for running, and I'm already I'm, I'm front page news of the advertiser this morning. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, flatteringly like doing something right. But just presumably they like your work on the on the Writers Week. Is that what it yeah, is? Of course, yeah. Mm. They're all very literary. Those mm. liberals. Um, <laughs> no, they are. They're getting exercised about um, my GoFundMe campaign, which so far has raised about thirty eight thousand um, dollars, because there are people there who are anonymous, and I'm thinking. Really, Liberal Party? You want to make yeah, this? They haven't done it through campaign. the prescribed legal method of a blind trust. <laughs> it's, there's a, there are rules to follow here. And you've you got to understand that the right to freedom of association in Australia is only as a political party. That's it. Oh, absolutely. So you just yeah. need to you just need to start yes. your own political party. Yes. Well, and it it's all good. Like, yeah. Mm. Following in the fine footsteps of Jackie Lambie, I could be like the Joe Dyer Network. <laughs> Joe Dyer takes over <laughs> South Australia. I made my debut on the uh, advertiser's 50 most influential South Australians. Oh, nice. Today. Nice. So, you know, the advertiser's kind of, it's uh, it's all over the shop. Well, um, I'm sure, Joe, that they'll just take a, a neutral look at your policies versus the other candidates and work out who to endorse. You know, they're a, a News Corp paper. They'll Absolutely. serve their readers' interests, won't they? They have a very fine record of, um, of supporting me. Uh, when I first got the job at Adelaide Writers Week, I was making some, you know, very low-key remarks to a group of friends on Facebook about the uh, election of the Marshall Liberal government um, because Jay Weatherall was Premier at the time and he was a friend. And way down in sort of comment 14, I made some reference to fucking libs, um, you know, they'll sell off everything to their corporate mates, which isn't uh, nailed down. And that too became 
a front page story of the advertising Writers Week boss slams new government. Mm. And I thought, wow. That's oh, right. good on them for building your profile. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's probably know, led to this point. Well, PR actually- campaigns underway thanks to the Tizer. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Chaser Report, now with extra whispers. Oh, I've got a few tips for you if you do want to get elected. Like, I don't oh, know, yes, like, do you want to get elected? Though? Like, Is this I- your... Vast experience of being elected to things. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you, no. You, you spotted the flaw in the plan already. That's why you'd be a good representative if elected. Yeah. Shut up. No, it's about no. It's to do with it closely observing Australian politics and, in particular, South Australian politics yes. over the last twenty years. Which is, you just need novelty, oversized props. Yep. So you got to get in. It, like the, I think. Everyone remembers Nick Xenophon mm. from the yes. novelty oversized checks, but also remember that little car that he had that he drove I around. Remember the little car. Do you remember yeah. at one stage didn't he get into half of uh, a horse suit as that well? That sounds right. I can't remember that what that right. issue that was <laughs> about. But the I voters love that. Yeah. Maybe it was to do with sore throats and yeah, being I'm, a bit I'm hoarse gonna, or something. They were always terrible up, puns. There's some great photos of yeah. him. <laughs> Although apparently he's thinking of um, he's thinking of a new tilt yeah, in politics can't tear himself away, there's some suggestion that he might run for the Senate. The law has not diverted him sufficiently, it would seem. And so we, we, we have to ask, because it'll become a, an Adelaide Advertiser front page, undoubtedly. Absolutely. Everything I say these days. Is you, you're basically just a Labor front, are you? Because And the only way to prove that you're not a Labor front is to direct your preferences to the Libs ahead of Labor at the next election. That's and that's the like. only way you can prove it, Joe. Look, we're not directing preferences because, you know, we believe that the voters of Boothby can make up their own minds. They're just I'm just after their first preference and then they can do with it what they like. Look, clearly um, there already has been some sort of allegations, um, Simon Birmingham in particular, tweeting about the fact that I'm a card-carrying member of the Labor Party and mm. uh, feel like and that I'm definitely a stooge, Labor through and through. Mm. You know, I was a member of the Labor Party in my... As we all were. We all were, though. You know, isn't it that you have to be um, kind of of the left when you're young and then most people grow out of it except for those hardy people like us. I mean, certainly I'm a progressive centrist candidate, but I haven't been a member of the Labor Party for 20 years and there are reasons why I'm not a member of the Labor Party and there are reasons why I didn't seek pre-selection for the Labor Party this time. And I actually believe that the Labor Party is being cowardly. Mm. Um, They're vacating the field on a whole range of really critical issues. Um, They're so scared of the Liberal Party wedging them that they're just running for cover on really key issues, climate, tax, refugees, you know, like these are the reasons why I'm not a member of the Labor Party and these are the reasons why I'm going to be running as an independent. Some Labor figures, though, Joe, are worried about the, the voices candidates that are, that are emerging and saying, look, they're running in Liberal seats. They're going to want to get re-elected. What they'll do is they'll, they'll do a big deal with Morrison or whoever it is and maybe they even demand a different Prime Minister They'll sign a deal on climate, they'll negotiate all these things and they'll actually 
re-elect the government. It was an interesting thing to hear, given that a lot of the candidates are firmly against what the government's been doing. How will you make the decision of who to uh, make Prime Minister if um, you happen yeah. to hold I mean, the balance Just on power? that point, though, it's sort of interesting as if, you know, the Labor Party, again, are passive bystanders in all of this. You know, have they forgotten that you actually have to get out there and win arguments? You can mm. win arguments with the electorate and you can win arguments with independence like make the bloody case labor party it's quite, quite a novel idea <laughs> it's revolutionary talk and say oh no look all these other people are running with different ideas and platforms and they'll <laughs> take government from us well it's your you have to get out there and win government labor party but it's much easier if, if it's just a duopoly i mean ask Qantas and virgin <laughs> if no one else competes isn't well, it? this is exactly the point. But the idea that somehow having a whole swathe of independence, um, you know, that minor parties, that coalition governments might become the new normal, that that's somehow a great scandal and is going to lead to disaster for the country, democracy, economy. Like, I just, I don't understand why the people are so, well, I understand why the major parties are so scared about it, but their arguments just don't make any sense. You can look around the world and they're very stable um, countries that are governed all the time by coalitions of all sorts of parties, multi-party coalitions, individuals. Um, and, you know, in Canada, they don't even form formal alliances. They actually just negotiate on issue by issue, piece of legislation by piece of legislation, which is what happened in the Gillard minority government, which was one of the most productive government that we've had in decades and decades. Um, this is an opportunity. Well, here, here in New South Wales, we actually got our ICAC, uh, yeah. Anti-Corruption Commission, when the independents held the balance of power. And I, I'm actually really worried about Labor getting elected without sort of independents holding the balance of power. Because can you imagine, like I know that they'll actually do a federal ICAC rather than the Libs who won't, but you can just they'll just water it down. The Libs will say, oh, well, it shouldn't be retrospective and it shouldn't target Liberal Party members and the Labor Party will go, oh, well, we've got to agree to that. And it'll be the most, like, the only way to get a really good piece of federal ICAC legislation, which, frankly, I reckon is the key issue of this election, or it should be. I mean, it's not, but it should be. The fact well, that if Gladys had run, it might have been. I think it has got a bit of traction as yeah. an issue. And look, I agree with you. I mean, Helen Haynes's um, private members bill got the top marks from, you know, the Centre of Public Integrity and all the people who kind of uh, were looking into and comparing all of the state-based ICACs um, and the different models which have been proposed, you know, the 300-page document that Morrison was waving around but that he would refuse to actually introduce into the parliament. I mean, everybody agrees that it's just it's a joke. It actually um, provides a bit of a shield for politicians um, rather than has any teeth at all to investigate them. Um, you know, the Labor Party's, it got okay marks, like, and, and they are committed at least to introducing something. But Helen Haynes's bill was the one that got the top marks, um, you know, public hearings, power to initiate its own investigations, um, retrospectivity, uh, you know, everything that you want to see was all there. It was just a line of green ticks all the way um, down. So, you know, look, I actually genuinely agree with you. Like, a Labor Party government um, held to account by a series of strong centrist, progressive independence would, I think, deliver a really great government. If um, elected, Joe, will you commit here and now to giving a speech that's longer than Rob Oakeshott's to announce who you're going to support? I think you could crack an hour. <laughs> I reckon you could. Um, you know, and people forced to stay and wait. Uh, I mean, he was like, his was 17 minutes. I 17 believe. minutes. Um, yeah. I mean, at least yeah. double. I would think so. Like, why stop there? You know, <laughs> like we could crack the hour. Um, 
Mm. Look, it'd be fun to think that we'll uh, we'll all be kingmakers if we all elected. But um, you know, but surely the chances of that are absolutely slim, though, isn't it? Like, that's yeah. not. I mean, this is the thing. Well, I, look, I think um, personally, I don't think the chances are as slim as the major parties would hope that there will be um, a hung parliament and there could be uh, a mm. crossbench with which the major parties will have to sit down and negotiate. Um, and that's not just because we all loved the finale of Total Control on the weekend. <laughs> it Like, it is a genuine possibility. Like, I think Zali is likely to be re-elected, as is Helen. Um, Rebecca Sharkey's issue in here in Mayo. Um, so there's already three. Um, obviously, Wilkie in Tasmania, but he's a slightly different type of independent. Um, but you look at what's happening in Wentworth with Allegra Spender, Zoe um, Daniel in Goldstein, huge mm. support. Do you reckon like, she'll win? Need... Is there any polling on that? I haven't seen polling yet. Mm. I know that um, Climate 200 have been doing polling, but you only need two or three more and you've got a hung parliament. Um, and that's certainly, you know, the agenda for the independents. What do you say to people who say that the actual process that, you know, this Climate 200 and Voices of groups have used to select their candidates is secretive and anti-democratic? Because it's not voting process where you actually have primary primaries or, yeah. or and it's not a pre-selection. It's, it's literally a group of people sit down and focus group people, don't they, and then choose the yeah. right one. Well, I mean, look, Climate 200 and the Voices of groups are very different. Um, right, yeah, I, mean, I don't really understand. Like, how does it all fit in? Well, look, Climate 200 is just a group. Um, that Simon Holmes, the court, has set up and he's brought in a whole range of kind of experts Mm. in, you know, data, in um, fundraising, uh, in media, um, and, you know, they've got an agenda, which is to get people elected um, who support immediate urgent action on climate change. That's their agenda, really transparent about it. Mm. They've been fundraising, um, they've raised a lot of money, their donors are on their website. Um, and now, and then what they're doing is they're looking around the country. They're not, they're not in any way involved with the pre-selection of candidates. They're not supporting um, particular candidates, but what they're doing is they're supporting campaigns. So they're, they're saying if a campaign looks like it's viable and it looks like it has a chance of winning, then we're going to get behind it because our agenda up front is to um, get people elected who are going to support climate action. So that's what they're doing. And there's some logistical support that they're providing and there's um, tactical support that they're providing and there's financial support that they're providing yeah. to particular electorates. I don't know which yeah. ones. I don't know who they're actively backing apart from what I see on Twitter and things like that. And, and it but is true. Is some of the people at Climate 200, that, like who have, I'm friends with, you just go, oh, they are really impressive people. Like you, you just oh, yeah, go, absolutely. Yeah, they yeah, really are. I mean, yeah. I've had a couple of conversations with them. There have been people who have been, been involved in um, political movements before or with political organisations before. Um, they're just smart mm. Interesting people. Mm, no, I was in the I, I was in the law review with Allegra Spender, and I really, if you want to put on a comedy review, she's a good person to have around. <laughs> so I don't know what she'll bring to Parliament. She went to McKinsey as well, but yeah. Um, in terms of reviews, <laughs> I, I, I speak highly of her. I didn't realize she had comic potential as go. well. But the voices of groups, I have to say, are different. Um, right, they okay. are about engaging directly in the electoral process. Um, some of them are backing candidates, and some of them aren't yet. Um, some of them may yet. Um, but what they've done is literally just decide, um, following in the fine footsteps of Kathy McGowan and Indi, to try and re-engage mm. a grassroots democratic movement. This idea that 
democracy is bad for democracy <laughs> to me just doesn't make much sense. They've gone out, they've, for people who are interested, they've run what they call kitchen table conversations, which was literally members of particular electorates getting together and talking about the issues that concern them or that are priorities for them. Now, then some of them who've gone on to select candidates, some of them have had really rigorous processes that have gone on the whole weekend. Um, some of them have just had conversations with at a, as a committee level and then at a membership level. You know, there's different yeah, ways right. that they've gone about deciding whether to endorse, a can, to endorse a candidate and who to endorse. But, you know, it's all like being endorsed by the voices. Oh, I'm very proud to be endorsed by the voices of Boothby. But... It's not like being endorsed by a political party. I don't suddenly now have access to hundreds of thousands of dollars or mm. kind of corporate strategy. All it is saying is this Voices of group thinks that I would represent the community well and that I would engage with the community and continue to consult the community. I mean, I'm not sure where the problem lies in any of that, like re-engagement of a wider democratic movement. Um, I understand why it's threatening <laughs> yeah. for the political parties. And given that Morrison is at this very moment trying to install candidates in most of the New South Wales federal seats as captain's picks, how is that more democratic? They, they're running scared because they don't really know how to grapple with this new phenomenon that is actually very much threatening some of their key members. It's an ugly game, Joe, and we've seen it through the last term. And um, I, I guess you personally, it's been a, it's been a harrowing time with all the revelations from the past that came up. Um, yeah. How are you feeling about putting your hat in the ring? I mean, the, I guess when I when I heard it, just to go back to where we started, my thought was, you know, are you really up for more of being in the national eye and all of the pain and, and attacks that come with that? I I don't know that I would be. Well, look, that is something that I did take very seriously in the decision-making process that got me to this point. Um, I mean, it has been an awful kind of eight months um, and you do become aware of the sheer depths that some in the political game are prepared to plumb to protect themselves or to advance their own political agenda um, and really project then onto others um, who are sort of innocent stand bystanders, project those sort of standards onto others. Um, but I guess it does come down to the fact that I have been genuinely shocked at um, how quickly, how precipitously public standards can decline. Um, and the sort of government that we have endured um, over the last three years. Um, you know, the, the way that behaviours have been normalised, dishonesty, um, you know, corruption, all of these sorts of things which, you know, previously, at least if people were doing bad things, they, they understood that they were supposed to be a little bit ashamed of that. Now mm. there's just a brazenness um, in the behaviour and then um, there's this sort of assertion that it a it doesn't matter and b will just now move on. I mean, I know he's mangled it every time that he's tried to say it, but that whole thing about we're not looking through the rear view mirror or the rear what does he say the rear vision mirror the mirror that Morrison's had. Look, if I had left behind me the kind of trail of destruction that Morrison has left behind him, I wouldn't want to be looking backwards either and I would be wanting to encourage people to look forwards. <laughs> Some would say his vision came out of his rear. <laughs> <laughs> it's just actually not good enough. I mean, that's the thing. I think it's not good enough. Um, and so there is a point where you think, well, you know, if you're going to 
complain, then step up and try and do something. Because if you if you want things to change, if you want things to be different, then you actually have to do things differently and people will have to vote differently. So, you know, this is about saying I thought I had some capacity to stand up and try and argue a case as to why things need to change and if you have the capacity then get some skin in the game um, and do what you can and, you know, if it all goes horribly wrong, well, (laughs) you know, I'll go back to my normal uh, very happy life. Um, that's the thing. Like, I believe the stakes are very high for the country. They are quite high for me kind of personally. But in the end, I think a more enjoyable life is one not being elected <laughs> as the federal <laughs> member of Boothby. So it's, it's a win-win is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, Joe, your, your skin is most definitely in the game. It's going to be a fascinating uh, election to watch. It will be. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, look, thanks for having me on. And, you know, if, you, if it doesn't work out, there's always writingfortheshot.net.au. I love writing for the shot, uh, and I will write more for the shot, but Louise Adler commissioned me to do a little essay in her in the National Interest Series, and I kind of, you know, I felt like I was thirsty trying to get that done. No, you don't want to be dealing with little upstarts like Louise Adler. So <laughs> yeah, stick with the shot. Stick now. with the so establishment. I've got more time off the campaign trail, <laughs> Charles, I'll be right back there pitching for you and Dave. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Chaser Report. News you know you can't trust. Thank you to Joe for making so much of her time available. Hope you enjoyed the chat with her. As always, our gear is from Road Microphones. We're part of the ACAST Creator Network. See ya.